You are listening to the Phenom World Football Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analyst in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to Phenom, the World Football Show. I'm Kurt, we're joined by Aditya. We have no Ethan for today's podcast, but us two kind of will be running the show with no Ethan. He'll hopefully be coming back uh, next week. I thoroughly expect him to, but a lot to talk about. Uh, it was a pretty intriguing week to say the least, a lot that happened and we'll get straight into it. So um, Thomas Tuchel in for Frank Lampard, uh, the former Dortmund and PSG boss is now going to Chelsea. Um, I talked about this. I've said this on the podcast before. I'll state it again. I don't think Frank Lampard is as bad as some people want to put him out to be. Um, one year at Derby County and what was it? 12 to 18 months at Chelsea. I don't know the exact number it was a short stint at Chelsea. And then obviously he just got fired. They, I think it was mutually kind of parted ways, but you know, it's another saying for he was fired. Um, my whole thing on it is Chelsea there was no chance that Chelsea would have done this if they knew, you know, if Thomas Tuchel wasn't available. I think they saw the opportunity to get a high quality manager, someone who has managed teams like PSG and Dortmund before and has done a pretty good job on, uh, with those teams. You know, I talked about it with Ethan and we were talking about how um, Tuchel, we didn't agree exactly with the PSG firing of him just because they weren't doing incredible in the league doesn't mean you know he was a terrible manager and I think that we saw that from what he's done in the years past and even what he did at Dortmund and with that with how good he did at Dortmund that's kind of why and how he got the PSG gig um so he's at Chelsea now I think he's a great manager and I definitely think he's a upgrade over Lampard but I've said this before I'll just restate it Lampard is not as bad as people think um I definitely think he deserves a managerial job somewhere I don't think it needs to be as big as a club as Chelsea. Um, and that was kind of the biggest problem. Obviously, like I said, it was at Derby. He was doing well. He just came from being a player. And then he obviously got that upgrade to go to Chelsea. And it was a lot of pressure on him from the get-go. They bought a lot of players, spent a lot of money in the transfer window. And, you know, the, there was immediate pressure on him. And that's kind of when I was telling people, it's a little too early to have these high expectations for a guy who, you know, has never really had this managerial success before. So what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Obviously Chelsea played today. They had a zero, zero draw, but I think if you watch the game, you could kind of sense that they were playing a lot better than what we saw from anything under Lampard. So kind of, what do you think about this new Chelsea team and the two managers? 
Well, so 100%, it's a whole new type of team now. Tuchel's coming in, you know, he has experience with some of the world's best. He has played with Neymar, with Mbappe. You know, he's man- he's managed those kind of people. And just from, you know, the game against Wolves, they were looking more live and they were looking more experienced as a team, which is kind of shocking to me because I would have thought of Lampard as being somebody who, you know, brings the team together. Um, he's English, you know, the rest of the team is English or most of the team is English. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how Lampard has, like, good chemistry with these kids. Um, Mason Mount, uh, Pulisic, you know, he's grown a development with these people. And it came to my head that, you know, Tuchel has been at some of the best teams in the world. He played, you know, he was the one who picked up um, Pulisic back at Dortmund. And so they're going to have chemistry. And it's exciting to see. I think Tuchel's a great addition. I was, I was you know, we weren't, we weren't together when uh, PSG dropped him. And, you know, it's a shame, but I really don't think that PSG should have done that. I'm pretty sure they're still first in the French League, um, which means that Tuchel, you know, PSG's main goal is to win the Champions League. Uh, I'm sure that's a lot of big European teams' goals to win the Champions League. And Tuchel wasn't able to get that Champions League. He came close, but he just wasn't able to do it. Um, but I think that PSG and Chelsea are similar in a way. They both had a lot of money spent in a transfer window or multiple transfer windows. And I believe that Tuchel has a big opportunity in his hands now he has a pretty decent squad on paper i believe they're like eighth or ninth in the premier league but that could definitely go up they're going to be fighting for europe 100 percent um and at the start of the year they were looking live in um but i think it was against like west brom or something they got thrashed and that was when people were like dude what's going on with chelsea and uh one of my friends is a chelsea supporter and he texted me today and he was like i'm sad i'm like why he's like lampard's out i'm like i know um, so I, I think I think that sure it might have been a little early, but it, I think it was inevitable. I think it was going to happen, um, and we'll see what happens. Tuchel is is a good coach. He's aggressive. Um, he's going to change this Chelsea side. Uh, you know they've been playing a little conservatively lately. I think that's definitely going to change uh, with the likes of their attack. And I'm excited to see what happens with Chelsea in the future. Yeah, um, and like I said, I think you know Lampard maybe would have stayed a little bit longer if they knew that you know, someone like Tuchel wasn't available out there to get. Um, we were talking about this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before on this podcast, but we were saying how we wish that Lampard would have least gotten the three games that he promised that he would have, you know, shown better results. He was like, you know, these next three games, I promise that we're going to have better results. We're going to play much better as a team. And I would have liked to seen that. I understand that as a manager, your goal is to win games, and that's not exactly what Chelsea was doing. And if you're not accomplishing that goal, then you're not guaranteed anything. Um, but I do think that everything I mentioned, I don't think that Lampard's bad. I do think that he's going to pick up another gig somewhere. I think he should. And I think that he is going to impress people. Um, and I think that the narrative of him being a bad manager is kind of kind of change. By no means do I think he's capable, really, um, of managing a top six like Premier League team or one of the best teams in the league, like Thomas Tuchel did with Dortmund or PSG. But at the same time, I do think that he has some class. And, you know, I think that he's not as bad as some people want to make him out to be. So that's my opinion on the whole situation. Um, but we'll move on to, since we're on the topic of the Premier League, we'll talk a little bit about Manchester United now. Manchester United play Sheffield today. Um, you know, a game that a lot of people were expecting this Manchester United team to win. Uh, we've talked about it. Sheffield's had a very bad Premier League season. They ranked dead last in Premier League, only on eight points 
five points before today's game. Obviously, after last year's incredible run, what was it, seventh place they got, eighth place they got? Incredible what they did. And Chris Wilder, what he's done, what he did with the team last year is unbelievable. Um, But it's been a whole different narrative this year. Sheffield has not been good, but they got the win against Manchester United today. I think the game was indeed at Old Trafford. Um, in Sheffield, they scored an only goal with Keen Bryan in the 23rd minute. Harry Maguire tied it up in the 64th, and then Oliver Burke to finish it off in the 74th to make it 2-1. This Manchester United team, we've seen, you know, we've talked about it many times. This is going to be an open Premier League um, due to Liverpool, obviously, you know, losing the game to Burnley, um, whatever, how long ago it was. Um, this is an open title race and you can't afford to lose those games like you did against Sheffield today. Now City sit top of the league. And I think they're kind of the favorites to win the league now because of this major loss that Manchester United took. The supporters of Manchester United should be very outraged by the performance today because it was nothing of quality. Um, and it just looked like they didn't want to win that game today. I don't know what it was, but what were your kind of overall takeaways from the game? And do you think that city are now the favorites to take the prem? Yeah. So obviously I might have a little bias uh, with Manchester city. Of course I support them. I enjoy watching them, but I definitely think that even if I weren't to be biased or maybe I'm lying a little bit, but I definitely think city is going to win the premier league. They have a game in hand. They're still in first. Um, their defense is looking amazing right now with Diaz and Stones. Um, and Man U is low-key slipping. Um, some of their players, they're just not – I don't see Nemanja Matic, um, you know, doing the same role that you'd want to see from a Paul Pogba. Um, and, of course, they played together today. But, um, you know, United dominated, and it, w- it was weird to see the, the fact that they lost. Um, I remember that game against Sheffield last year. It was a 3-3 tie. And I remember – I think Sheffield was up 2-0. Uh, it was like two early goals. And then United came back 2-2, but then Sheffield went up 3-3. I mean, Sheffield went up 3-2 and they tied. or It was something like that. Um, oh, no. Actually, I, I correct myself. It was 2-0 Sheffield, and then it was 3-2 United, and then Sheffield tied 3-3. And I think that's what kick-started their campaign to lead them to, you know, one of the best uh, newly promoted side finishes of all time. And obviously, Sheffield's not doing that hot this year. I think they have two wins. Yeah, this is their second win today. Um, obviously, that's not what you'd like to see out of 20 games. Um, but Sheffield is, you know, this might be something to kickstart this season. Um, I, they're, let's see, they're five points from being out of the drop, or actually they're, they're 10 points from out, being out of the drop zone, but um, 18 games left. Uh, I definitely think Sheffield might be able to make like a last-ditch effort to try and get out of the relegation zone. Um, but definitely United, it's not looking good for them. Um, I think that from now on, you know, they're going to try and keep on playing attacking, but I don't know how well that's going to work for them. I think Leicester, um, I don't think West Ham's going to keep up the form that they're at, but then obviously you can never count Liverpool out of anything. Um, But I definitely think that City, the way that they're playing, they just thrashed West Brom 5-0 yesterday. It was a great game. Um, Even without Kevin De Bruyne, even without a proper striker, uh, they're managing to score, you know, more than four goals which is incredible um and i definitely think city's in a good spot right now um but we'll see how how it goes once champions league starts back up once everything starts back up Uh, a lot of these teams will be playing more games um and we'll definitely see how the table shifts 
Yeah. Um, league is wide open. We'll see how the uh, league kind of persists over these next couple of weeks. Uh, Manchester United, though, I mean, it's – I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like it's the most Manchester United thing ever to where they're about to be top of the league. They're about to sustain this top of the league, and then you lose to the worst team in the Premier League. Uh, City, I mean, you know, we've talked about how successful they've been over the last couple of years, and it looks like that narrative is going to continue – only having two losses, which is the best in the Premier League this year. And it's going to be exciting to see as the end of the year happens. All I hope that as a Southampton fan who probably won't see his team uh, win the league, all I hope for is a uh, interesting finish, to say the least. I hope that one team doesn't completely dominate it. Um, but uh, is there anything else you want to add on with the whole Premier League? Or Yeah, I would just say never say never with Southampton. Win exactly. It's weird. It's weird. Southampton is one of those teams where we'll beat Liverpool one nothing, like we did this year. I'm on top of the world, and then this weekend, or I don't know, yesterday it was, we lose to uh, Arsenal and three one. So we're very, uh, I guess, inconsistent team to say the least. But you're right. I think that there are moments where I should be saying never say never, and who knows? Maybe we'll win out the whole year and <laughs> be uh, at least, I guess, top three. But I just wanted to announce this, uh, the MLS, just their whole plan. We don't really need to go too, uh, too much in depth um, because it's a long while away. But on February 22nd, that's when the MLS will allow their teams to begin the preseason. Uh, last year, they lost, I think, $1 billion due to COVID, which obviously, you know, COVID lost a lot of money, not just with the MLS, but with a lot of other leagues in the uh, in the world, um, it's supposed to wrap up on November 7th. I'm trying to see when it starts. I think January, no. All right, I'm trying to find it, but this site is just not telling me when it's going to start. But once I figure that out, um, the regular season will conclude November 7th. The playoffs will open November 19th, um, and there's no all-star date but it's kind of going to end around, you know, the December range. I think that's when the title is going to be. Uh, yes. So it's going to start in April and end in December. Usually that's when it ends the MLS in December. Uh, usually it's kind of summer league. So that's kind of what they're going for this year. And they're kind of going trying to go back on schedule. Um, just, is there anything you want to add on with the MLS in this whole, you know, title? I mean, I guess, Plan, I, I just wanted to, you know, talk about it, but obviously there's not a whole lot to talk about with this whole thing. Right. So we obviously want to see the MLS happen. We want the players to be comfortable. Uh, obviously with COVID going on, you know, that's what's caused the most trouble. Um, and I was reading a couple of minutes ago saying that, you know, there's nothing really helpful to these players in this time uh, because the league claims that $1 billion was lost and $725 million was because of the pandemic itself. Um, and obviously, this also has to, you know, have some ties to the World Cup, which will be in America uh, in 2026. Um, and due to that, a lot of the potential host stadiums are MLS stadiums. Um, I know that the New York Red Bulls one is, is a host uh, potentially and MetLife and all of that. So um, that could, you know, potentially bring an influx of cash in, a cash flow. Um, and I'm sure it will with the amount of viewers that the World Cup brings. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully everything goes well um, and the league gets back to its proper, uh, you know, training when, when the time where training camps start, where the regular season starts and that everything has a proper ending to it. 
Yeah. Um, MLS, I hope it, you know, goes on track. I think it will. Last year was weird with the whole MLS is back tournament and they kind of got it somewhat on schedule. They had some fans at the MLS Cup final, which was pretty cool. Um, and the whole MLS, I think, was successful last year with the whole maintaining the whole COVID situation. But we'll see as time goes on what's going to happen with the MLS and we expect it to go on as scheduled. But the last thing I want to mention as we wrap it up was FC Barcelona um, played in the round of 16 Copa del Rey today against Rayo Vallecano. I don't know how to pronounce that. Maybe you do. Um, but, you know, they were up 1-0 because of Fran Garcia gold in the 63rd minute, something we've seen from Barcelona this whole year, losing to teams they should be beating as La Liga is a whole mess and same with anything related in the Spanish division. Um, but then a Messi goal and a Frankie de Jong goal in the 80th minute sealed the win for them. Um, my whole thing is, you know, Frankie de Jong has obviously been one of the bright spots for FC Barcelona this year. There's not a lot of bright spots for Barcelona. That club is kind of in a messy situation. And, you know, other clubs except maybe Atletico Madrid are in a weird situation like Real Madrid. But do you think that de Jong is the second best player on this FC Barcelona team, obviously. Um, and, you know, with the whole Messi situation, obviously he was rumored to go to Manchester city last year, or I guess the start this year, I guess you could say, uh, and that whole situation with the board in Barcelona, it just didn't work out. So kind of, what do you think the situation is with Messi and moving forward? Um, Cause obviously there's been talks with him not staying with the club much longer, uh, and then Frankie de Jong's class, what is your whole situation on everything I kind of just discussed? Right. So with Messi, you've got to see which teams are willing to take this high of a contract load. I know City was interested, um, but they start to shy away when they notice that, you know, this kid's contract, this man, what am I saying? Messi's contract is a near 400000 a week, um, which obviously, you know, is more than Kevin De Bruyne. It's more than the superstars on the team already. Um, so, I feel like that would disrupt the flow at City. Um, but definitely there's some bigger teams. I remember PSG uh, was looking at him for like a couple of weeks. Um, so I believe what's going to happen is they're going to let his contract terminate and then he's going to go somewhere for free. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be. I think we'll have to wait till the summer to figure that one out. But with Frankie de Jong, I think he's total class. You know, ever since Ajax's wonder season in the Champions League, Frankie de Jong and Matisse Dillard have shown that, you know, they're two of the one best, they're two of the best youth talents in the world. I think Frankie de Jong's like 23. Yeah, he's 23 years old. Um, he has a really good build. He's almost six feet, 170 pounds. Um, and the way he moves is really, is really strong. He's shifty. He's a shifty midfielder. Um, he's always getting back, especially with, you know, Messi not being able to run up and down the field all the time. 100% with press. Frankie de Jong's doing this press. And recently he's put in goal scoring into his game, which is helping Barca. Um, everybody's, you know, saying that Frankie de Jong is almost the most complete midfielder available. And I totally agree with that. Uh, I hope his career, you know, keeps on going on the right track. Mm, he definitely is a great player. And he wears number 21. I also wear number 21. <laughs> so whenever I see number 21, I feel a little... Seems like yeah, great soccer like... players are wearing number 21. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be it for the uh, Phenom World Football Show. You know, we covered Tuchel, Lampard, got to some, I guess, Copa del Rey in the Spanish division. 
Uh, so that's going to be it. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.